Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. (laughs) Keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. It is here. We finally did it. Welcome to the 150th episode on the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I am your host, Anastasia, and I can't believe when I started this in my New York apartment, not thinking that we were going to move away from there, that then that transferred to an apartment in Lancaster, to my now husband being gone for forever, to us being married, to us now starting our fertility journey, to buying a house, to all these things, and It's so wild for me to listen back all the way to like the beginning of the luxury of self-care and where my mindset was at and all the struggles that I've gone through and overcome or have learned something from since then. And the podcast has always been about self-love, self-care journey and what that means and how it looks differently on everyone. It looks differently depending on your current attitude or state of mind, where you are in your life, where you are on a journey, whatever that may be. And now I'm realizing even more so that that self-care was taking care of myself in order to show up for others. And that's constantly what I'm always bringing up. But but now as we decide to um, take the journey to expand our family and take that step realizing that the selfishness that I've loved about um, life and things that I like to do and the spontaneity of my life thus far will come to a change. It's going to shift because when Douglas and I have a kid, I'm not pregnant now. Let me, let me say that first. (laughs) That's not the announcement. Um, But the fact that that was the journey that I'm saying that word over and over again already. Here we go. But that that has been this constant reminder to check in with yourself and show up for you so you can show up for others. And when we decide to expand our family and what that's going to look like is going to look exact opposite. And a lot of my girlfriends that currently have kids that are younger, just starting kindergarten and um, have younger, younger ones, like little ones that are under two. It's just kind of crazy because they're like, you don't even understand some of the differences that are going to be about your show and your life once you guys do have those kids. And there are times now I even realize, you know, I can check out and I talk about that a lot. There are times that I can like surf the couch a full day and, and three hours can go by of me kind of all over social media or Instagram searches or um, working on administrative stuff with work and that I'm not going to have that luxury. Like if I had a kid around, how how would I juggle everything that I'm doing and um, still find time to like go to the bathroom when I need to go to the bathroom and wash my face and brush my teeth and shower, you know, all the things that, that we may take for granted. 
But before we get started on today's topic, I just wanted to share that I'm doing something new now that we're at the 150th episode. At the end of the episode, towards the end of the episode, hang tight for the whole thing, but I'm going to be doing basically a very short, shortened meditation, giving you some type of mantra, possibly a quote to go into your week with. And this is something that I do in my yoga class, my aerial yoga class every week. And so I just figured I could transfer what I do in that class with them in their final Shavasana when they're rocking back and forth in the aerial silks and just be able to transpose that into the podcast as well, just to give you something a little small and short a little self-care moment for yourself to just kind of find some stillness, focus on your breath and take away the theme of the week. So that's going to be something new that's happening. So be sure to stay tuned for the entire episode and then find yourself in a comfortable position so you can um, jump in with that. If you haven't seen my most recent Instagram post and things that I've been posting about on TikTok, please follow me on there if you aren't already. But I am... I did, I got my IUD removed. That's the big reveal. My IUD has been removed. I have been on an IUD since, I guess it's been since 2013. It was like August of 2013 or December of 2013, I remember. I got it put in and then five years later, at the end of 2018, I needed to get it replaced. Even though when I got there, they said I probably could have kept it in. So this this whole entire episode right now, whether you have already had kids or you're trying for kids or thinking about it or getting engaged, this is going to be an episode for you because I'm just going to talk about our whole path and our whole journey of what brought us up to today and then things that I'm learning now that I've, I've made my post. If you are someone that's new to the show, know that none of these episodes are in any sequential order. You can listen to episode one and then episode 48 and then episode 72 and then 29. Just know that the quality probably gets better. (laughs) So that's probably the one thing that changes, but nothing is in sequential order. These episodes are always just what's calling to you. And some people start um, at the newest episode and then kind of start to work their way back. Some people just pick a random episode and then uh, reach out to me and let me know that that was something that responded to them. You know, it's something that they took in. And it was meaningful for them at that point. So sometimes I go through laundry lists of like ways that you can help yourself in different times. But today I just wanted the most realistic, authentic version of things that were going on for me right now. So let's start at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start. So Doug and I met in 2016. And as I said, I had my IUD put in at 2013. Now, I was never someone who had a regular cycle. I am someone who only got, um, I only got my period when I was 16. I had basically been on this kind of high school journey where I felt like everyone had their period but me. So I didn't get mine until going into my junior year of high school because I graduated at 17. So it's just like where my summer birthday fell. And I was never really quite regular. I I remember 
using that oh my gosh if anybody remembers the American Girl doll book my mom gave me that because it kind of shows you how to like use a tampon and stuff with these like cute little drawings of girls showing you how to do it and nothing's like actual pictures but it's all this American Girl doll book about like becoming a woman and talking about you know getting hair in certain places and what it's like to get a period and how to put a tampon in and all these different things but I remember having that and and then I was always like on and off. So I would go on birth controls and different stuff like that to try to like sync up my cycle. I would jump um, into new housing situations where I had female roommates hoping that maybe my cycle would sync up with theirs. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it doesn't. It was like sometimes I would get it every three months. Sometimes I would get it every month. But I was kind of always all over. So my main goal not only was preventative from getting pregnant when I would go on birth control, but it was more or less to try to kind of get my cycle cycle synced up. And a lot of people commented on that in such a negative response um, when I had first brought that up. Not to me, but it's just wild that when I was 16 years old, this is circa 20. To, I guess you don't call it 20 anymore. It was circa 2003, uh, 2004. And I remember, you know, that was like the doctor's solution for everything, whether they were male or female, they were always saying, you know, like, oh, you, you have trouble with your cycle, they should go on birth control. And that was always the thing. And, and that seems so silly. Like we wanted to go on birth control to sync up our cycle, but like we just needed to f- like actually make the cycle sync up in its own way. And so... Fast forward, I remember meeting my maid of honor, Jessica Crouch, and this is why I wanted to share this because she had told me all about the IUD and I remember thinking like, what a cool thing, like the IUD sounds like such a a cool way to not stress about taking a pill. I didn't really love the NuvaRing. I was on that for a little bit. Didn't like it. Nothing really shifted me like crazy though. My hormone balance was never wildly off or on any type of uh, contraceptive birth control. And I did generic brands to, to, to anything, but I did like the low dosage of hormones because I didn't really have a lot of stuff going on. I didn't go on birth, again, like doctors would say, oh, you have a lot of acne, like go on birth control or you have really bad periods, go on birth control. Like that was always the answer, it seemed like. So that's kind of just the the millennial female mindset and we were all kind of accustomed to going under birth control to solve the problem whatever it may be of um, getting us to a regular state or hormonal balance and I remember thinking okay well an IUD like what what does that look like and I remember just making it sound so glamorous like you know you don't even get your period at all like I have only light spotting Um, it's good for five years. You don't have to worry about taking a pill or like this obscene patch on your arm that looks like a nicotine patch, like all these different things. Cause there's so many things out there, regardless of if you're doing any of those things, don't take my judgment in a way. But I just thought this was like the best thing ever. So I remember 
coming back, moving back from California to do, I think I did a show here locally in Lancaster called Mary Poppins in 2013 when I met my other girlfriend, Chelsea Clark, who by the way is going to be staying with me for a little bit. So I'm so stoked because like three weeks in a row, I'm going to have her on episodes and we're just going to chat about life. And she's just such a fun, wonderful human. So I'm really excited to have her on. But we're going to do all this fun stuff. And I just I felt like in my head, what would be the best thing is going to get this IUD while I'm home while I'm still on my parents insurance. Let's all remember that, right? Like if you were on your parents, it stopped it after you like turned 26. Or it was like, I think it was like up till your 25th year. So you could go through the entire year. And I was like, well, I need to do this now or I'm not going to be able to get it um, on my own. Like I'm going to have to go to Planned Parenthood or something. So I got it in and I really don't remember it being horrible. I remember getting this little card that said, you know, you need to get it changed in five years. And then let's fast forward. I met Douglas and to be quite honest, we never ever went, um, we never, I don't, I don't think even from the very first night that we slept together, we have not used a condom once. And back then I, I still had my IUD. Remember I had my IUD, but I never like would let anyone for good reasons, you know, you weren't like, if you weren't super serious with someone for good reasons, I didn't let anyone go inside me, you know, like that wasn't something I wanted people I didn't want to share it like that with anyone that to me is like the only reason you do that is because you're trying to make a baby. So like what is the point? So we didn't do that and it was something that we didn't do for a really long time and then we were together closer. It was his first birth, I guess birthday? No, 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 no. We were we were together for over a year and I had done a show called Anything Goes where I met another girl from my all these all these moments where I met the, my bridesmaids but I had met another girl that was um, the lead there Tina Tompkins and she was with me when Doug came around and I remember thinking to my head, I was like oh well it's Doug's birthday and like obviously we've been very serious at this point we've almost you know we've been together about a year a little over a year and a half or around a year and a half and I was like, well, okay, you know, when we sleep together, I guess it's okay for you, you know, to do that. It's just like a treat. And I know that that's crazy. You think of it like that. And I remember everyone saying, well, like, that's what the IUD was made for. It was made for um, people that had kids that didn't want their husbands to A, get their tubes tied, or um, they didn't want to fully end the option of having more children but they wanted to put it on hold for now and so we started like doing it that way and we started it was just this thing where um it became the natural thing you know that, that that's what happened when we would sleep together when we would when we would have sex and so I know this that this is a lot to to share for some you know I need I know some people it's like more explicit stuff and everyone's like oh well like everyone has you know everyone talks about sex everyone has sex before marriage but not everyone does so if you're someone that that doesn't or you're hearing this show like that's absolutely fine and totally normal as well but I'm just trying to tell you about my personal experience and my journey that brought us up to where we are today so fast forward even more Douglas and I have now moved in together it's 2018 
and we are, um, it's going into the Christmas holiday or it's going into fall. I remember I, I, I guess I got it put in in August. I want to say it was August of 2013 because I was like, I'm past that five month mark. I don't have insurance at this time. I tried to get an appointment at Planned Parenthood to get it removed and get a new one put in. So here's where the story gets a little more juicy. So I got it, wanted to get it removed and wanted to get the new one put in. And it took me four months to get an appointment at uh, Planned Parenthood to get it, the new one inserted. And I was like, this, this is crazy. So I went there with full intentions of everything being fine. Um, just for reference of the story, to, to add to the drama, I was all the way down in Tribeca is where the Planned Parenthood or it's, it's close down to Tribeca. It's like towards the bottom of the island. And we lived in Inwood, which is at the tip of the island. So all the way at the top. And I took the train down there. I remember going in. I remember someone saying to me before I went in, um, you know, don't, don't go in. Like, you know, have you considered your baby's life? And I felt so offended. I remember just thinking in my head, I was like, I'm not going in to like get an abortion. Like that's not what I'm here for. But I, I appreciate you pushing your thought process on me. And I remember like just putting me in a, in a bad mood and, and I just, I, I felt judged and I was like, that's not why I'm here. But in a way, it was a way for me to be on birth control to not have kids. So I felt like I was doing the responsible thing by going and, and getting on another type of birth control to make sure to prevent that push if I were to have to do something like that, which wasn't in the cards for me personally, wasn't something um, that I ever um had planned to do, but you don't know. So I remember going in there and uh, filling out my form and everything like that. And so the it coming out didn't feel weird. Again, this is 2018. This isn't what recently happened. This is 2018. When it came out, it did not feel weird. Um, or it didn't feel bad. It wasn't the bad part. The come and this is what everyone has commented on on my social media posts is that like the taking it out no big deal the reinsertion though if you're someone that currently has an IUD and is thinking about getting a reinsertion do not let this scare you but it is something that you need to prepare yourself for and I wish I would have known a little bit more TikTok wasn't a thing back then um, that they have all these posts about it but. Basically, they're putting this T-like figure inside you, okay? So there's two different types of IUDs. There is one called, I think actually there's more than two types now. When I went in, I, I noticed there was more. But from when I first got mine put in, there was two. There was one with a hormone dosage and one without. It called Mirena, which was the one with a hormone dosage. Um, dosage. And then the Paragard, which was a copper one that did not have any hormones and I was fully prepared let me tell you the first time around to get the copper one because I was like well there's no hormones in it I didn't want anything to mess with my cycle my pH balance my skin um, my scent my pheromones you know all that stuff so I was like let me let me do not that and my doctor at the time had urged me she said you know what 
I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I am going to tell you there's a lot of people that don't get their period often, that didn't get a lot of menstrual cramps, didn't have heavy flows, that did get put on the Paragard, that have come back to me, that have asked me personally to remove it because it was that bad for them. It was such a massive shift, heavier periods, much more cramps. Um, and the Mirena, the one with the hormone dosage, the norm, not to say that if you do, the norm is very, very light spotting or no period at all. Um, very small signs. My only big sign while I was on it was I would get like hungry, hungry hippo like once a month and I just wanted to eat everything. And that usually was a sign that I was about to get my period. And that's the closest I got. And every once in a while, we maybe had some some light spotting from um, intercourse or had some light spotting in, in my pants, uh, during the time of the month that we thought was my time. Um, which I feel like came around the end of the month was like when it, when it was the most present. So when I got it taken out, she was like, what do you have? And I said the Morena and they said they didn't have the Morena there, but they had a generic version that was similar to the Morena. And I was like, okay, cool. So when I'm sitting in there before I get the one taken out and the new one put in, she's like, I actually have um, someone here that's been, I don't know what to call it. She's basically shadowing her and she, she needed to get X amount of insertions um, done, checked off of her list in order to be approved to do so, which I understand, but I would didn't necessarily want to be the guinea pig either. And not only it didn't go in right the first time or the second time. So I just remember it not being good. And I'm one of those people, like, don't get me wrong, when I go to the gynecologist or the dentist or like anything that's supposed to be this uncomfortable situation, I try my best to just like breathe it out and relax. I also made a TikTok video of that. I was like, here's like a five breath process that can like keep you calm during any stressful moments. But I try really hard to do my best to just like continuously exhale and pretend like nothing really big is happening and that it's all chill. So what I remember thinking was that I was like, okay, like you didn't do it right. That's totally fine. Okay, you can do it again. And then the second time you did it and there's a little bit more, um, I guess there's like a loss of blood or an imbalance shift or something is happening that basically you have this crazy loss of blood. So what happened was is after it finally was put in right and I was completely uncomfortable and not in my Zen zone anymore, all of a sudden my face was flushed. I immediately passed out at like on the chair, I remember having to like get up and they moved me to a chair. Like I couldn't even leave the room. That's how much I was out of it. They brought me ginger ale and saltines. And so I had to then sit in the um, waiting room then for like two hours. I mean, I got there at like 11. I don't think I left there until like 5 p.m. And um, I was telling Doug, Doug was at work and I was like, I just, I, I'm going to get on the subway and go home. And he's like, you're not getting on the subway. And he called me an Uber, which we couldn't afford at the time, like a $60 Uber to go from like one end of the island to the other. And, you know, like it just was not a cup of tea that I would recommend to anyone again. Because they even told me when I walked in the room, you do realize that like when we had put the ID or when you'd gotten your first IUD, that you really truly don't need to wait, you can wait more than five years. Our trials had only been up to five years at that point, but you can do it up to eight. And 
although my biggest fear now is like, you know, fertility issues, then my biggest fear was getting pregnant pre-marriage. Like what what would society say? What's my, what are my parents going to say? What, you know, well, well, I'm not prepared for that right now. And I, and I truly wasn't. And if, if it would have happened, my parents would have figured it out and figured out a way to support me. And I know Douglas would have still been great and we would have been fine. We would have figured it all out. And, and we knew that and we know that, but we weren't ready at the time. So me thinking through this lens of, I, I, it took me four months to get this appointment. I was like, no lady, like get this out and put the new one in now. And part of me almost wishes that I would have kept that in because I did get it out now. So it might have been fine for me um, up until this point. I'm not sure how long they recommend keeping them out for now. But now that they have been around for quite some time, really check if you have the same doctor is like one of my biggest things is check with them and and see if you can keep it in. Because if you're at a point where you know you're either about to get married or about to start wanting to try to have kids anyway, I wouldn't suggest going through that whole process for just two extra years on a new IUD when now you can stretch it to at least eight, I think. I'm not sure if they've stretched it to 10 now, but... The reinsertion, I really don't recommend. So if you are going to do it, though, be sure to find a way to keep yourself as calm as possible. Please eat before you go. Drink plenty of water before you go. Bring some ginger ale. Bring some, like, salted almonds or, like, some type of um, salted snack, saltines with you or whatever, triscuits, something like that. Um, so then when you do go, because it's it's just this thing, and then try to have someone drop you off and pick you up or like come with you for the process because it's just, it wasn't worth it for me to have done it all alone like I did it. Trying to think like, oh, I got this. Like, I, it's pretty rare that I hear that it's an easy process for people. And I don't know if it's just really bad, the reinsertion, because I just don't remember the initial insertion being as bad like I remember it being not comfortable but I don't remember it I didn't definitely didn't pass out so that was that journey for me and then when I was going there Doug even had suggested he was like well why don't we just not do that anymore like why don't we use condoms instead and I thought you know we're too spontaneous when when we do you know have intercourse when we do have sex so I don't I don't necessarily want to wait um or or be stressed out every time we do sleep together and and you know hope and pray that I don't get pregnant because this is the big thing and this is what I wanted to say was you spend your entire um life pre-marriage if you are having sex before marriage praying and hoping that you don't get pregnant before you're married um, so you're in this complete mindset of don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. And then now I've on, I'm on the complete reverse, this complete switch where I am thinking like, what are all these fertility issues that I could have? Now I do want to get pregnant. What we are okay if I get pregnant today, even though we aren't ready to have kids just yet. And ideally, we'd like to start having them, you know, in 2023 or like towards the end of 2023 to get pregnant. But we're okay now if we do. So like flipping this mindset of now I'm okay if I get pregnant versus I've spent since the first time I had, you know, I was out of high school, but like I've spent all this time, you know, 12 plus years 
I boy more than that sorry <laughs> I was gonna say but like um, half a lifetime almost at this point on on trying not to get pregnant and now I'm trying to get pregnant and that's the thing that like everyone and I connected on I was like this is nuts you know but the thing is is that even though we're not ready today what I've realized is is that's why we wanted to get the IUD out and that's why I'm starting these conversations and creating this space where I'm allowing people to shoot me DMs or send me phone calls or have these conversations through text messages or voice memos because I think it's super important for me to know and be in the knowledge of you know what is my cycle where is my window what are all these assistance to getting pregnant um, or to, to learning about your body, to learning about your fertility journey? And that's the stuff that I want to to bring to light and to show that these are all these things like OPKs. I didn't know what those were. There's all these different apps, um, the Flow app. The um, someone was just telling me the other uh, the other day, Clomid is something that they went on, and it's. It's a pill that basically puts your ovaries on a set cycle so you can make sure that you are ovulating. And that's probably something that if if I haven't worked through my cycles at this point um, while I've been on this IUD and maybe that was a thing of the past that I don't even, you know, maybe I my cycles are synced now and they're, they're just fine now coming off the IUD. Um, what's that going to look like? And, and do I have... Um, am I ovulating monthly? And if I'm not, that Clomid might be something that I might have to go on. So it's it's interesting. Now I know what that is. It's something that I know about. Um, one of my girlfriends had shared that, I don't even know what it was called, but she was saying uh, like her, she did modern fertility, which is a very big and very popular uh, thing to do these days to basically see where you're at. Um, see where eggs are at is something that I plan on doing myself. But, you know, the, she thought that she was fine. Everything said she was good to go. But the truth of the matter was is that her ovaries were actually basically filled with cysts and she had no idea. So she had to get two different surgeries to treat those. And then now they can finally start trying again. So that's why Doug and I wanted to figure out like, you know, what's, what, what is our ovulation time? Let's try during those times now. And then that way we can see whether, whether we get lucky and we get pregnant right away, or we start to realize like, Hey, we've been trying during this time for six months, eight months, maybe a year. And you know, this, this is not working. And even my doctor, when I got my IUD removed, she said to me, if you're actively trying for six months and you're not pregnant within those six months, come back and see me. And I was like, that's good to know because a lot of places say that you have to be actively trying for a year. And at least we can talk about some type of, of um, plan for or we can talk about we can maybe look into something a little bit more and realize that maybe I'm not um, I'm not ovulating or I have a situation with my ovaries or I may have cysts or something like that. But one of the, the, <laughs> the funniest things is too is I'm 34 and my girlfriend who already has kids, she's like laughing saying, you know, you have a, you'll have a geriatric pregnancy. And that word is just like so um, eye-opening and, and negative, making me feel, you know, much older than I feel like I am because I do still feel super young, uh, especially because I don't have kids. You know, sometimes when I'm around people that do have kids that are 10 years my younger, I still feel like they're so much older than me because they have a different type of selflessness that I still don't, I still haven't experienced yet in my lifetime. 
And so when we were hearing this geriatric pregnancy thing, I'm like, this is awful. But the the nice thing about that to my friends who are in their mid-30s that are trying to get pregnant is that we will actually get to have more ultrasounds. So we'll get to see our baby more because we are quote-unquote higher-risk pregnancies. So that's a positive, I guess, for all of us in our mid-30s. But I think this big bottom line that I'm trying so hard to take out is that for so long I really truly thought I'm, I'm going to have a lot of trouble. I think I'm going to have a lot of trouble and being like emotional about that and being sad about that. You know, this thing that that I was so nervous about blocking for so long in order to to wait until I was married to, to actually have the kids Um is going to be something that I that I struggle with and we struggle with and Doug and I have had so many conversations about it about and I and I suggest you have these with your partner or your fiance or your husband if you haven't had them yet but you know really sharing like what do we want with kids how many do we want are you okay that like if I have a situation where I might not be fertile or you have bad sperm, you know, or something like that, you know, what are our steps going to be then? Do we want to adopt? Um, you know, are we going to, tr- or do we not want to have kids at all? Like, are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be unsatisfied with that? Um, what are our, you know, our, how can we make sure that we constantly are having communication about these next steps while we go through this fertility journey? And if things are hard or rough for me, like, are you going to be able to be there and support me through this? Um, what if I can't give you those kids? Like, what if what if we can't do that? And of course, I think everybody wants that, right? It's like you spend your whole life not wanting to have kids. But then at the same point, when you get to that point, you really, really want to have that moment where you you, you can. And, and sometimes you can't. And I don't want to put that pressure on us. And I, I want to make sure that we have this open mindset like we have now. If we get pregnant this month or if we get pregnant in 12 months, if we have issues and we find them out six months in um, or not. But like enjoying just being married and expressing um, intercourse and your love for each other and if you can make a beautiful human during that time wonderful if you need the assist if you need to do um, if you need to go on something else to just start to get to that point where we're learning about things so I like that I can learn something new and then share it with Doug so keep sharing um, things with me that um, either are stories of yours or questions you might have of things that I can research and I can share about on my social media posts because it really isn't talked about a lot. I posted my posts and I remember my mom even said she was like she and and in good reason but she reached out and she was like I really think you should consider taking that post down like that's a very private thing so on and so forth like you know, I don't know if that's something that you want to share with the world. And I was like, no, that's the difference with millennials. I will tell you that. And I've always been an open book and I've always shared my experiences on my podcast. I've shared the good, bad and ugly. Um, I have talked about so many of my personal experiences and I've been transparent and I was like, I'm not going to stop now. This is the next thing. I'm not going to be transparent about this. Even if I have a really bad fertility journey, I may change my mind. I never say never, but 
I'd almost rather have a community of people that I can share this with, that I can find, that I can talk to, that that I can express my frustrations with or my joys or my sadness, whatever emotion I'm going through, that there's someone else out there that may be a stranger but a social media friend that may bring me comfort during that time of sadness, stress, anger, whatever it may be, joy and and I want to be that for other people because that's the stuff that I like to follow, the real, honest, raw, lifestyle content. That's just like what I enjoy personally. If it's forced or tried too hard, it's usually not my cup of tea. I don't always show up looking like a rock star when I post things and some, you know, I just need, need it to be the most real that it can be, um, real time. So there's even an app now, I guess the, the kids are using it these days called like, I think it's called real time or something like that. And you have to post a picture of what you're doing, your face is doing, and then a picture of like the other side. So it shows, it takes a picture of both sides of your camera at the same time. And it says like real time, whatever you're doing right now, you need to post it. So like whether it's that I would be doing this podcast right now or I, I would be doing all this other stuff. I, I haven't gotten into it much. I just saw someone do it to me one day when we were out the other day. And I was like, that's it. You know, like I that's how I've always felt with all my content. It's like I want it to be real and authentic. Like I'm not going to go get dolled up for an hour just to make a five-second post. Like I'm just going to make the five-second post. So here we are now into – I don't know. This was definitely a longer episode for my solos, but – I want to do a newer thing too and um, let me know if you want more of this but I want to do this thing where we're fixated a little bit more on a meditation and I do a lot of meditations for my yoga classes and so I wanted to end the episode with a little bit of a just a moment of relaxation for you and I'll just have a little bit of sound in the background and we're just going to go into this idea of savoring the moment because that's kind of where I'm at with this whole idea of trying to get pregnant and wanting to savor the moment so I want to give you at the end of each episode just a little a little mantra and a little short meditation because everyone always asks me how to how do you fit those in and I just posted this on TikTok too I was like stop whatever you're doing take the eight minutes get a good app and just do it <laughs> and and I'm telling you uh the more and more you do it the more it's just going to become part of your routine your self-care routine so take a moment to get yourself in somewhat of a comfortable position and just slowly start to shut your eyes and find some relaxation and just start to focus on your breath There's so much to talk about with the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone, doing more, setting goals, hitting targets. And I think that as a result of that, many of us have forgotten how to savor the moment. We've almost weakened our ability to connect with what we have without feeling like we're failing or we need to be seeking more or we should be pushing harder. 
in the moments that I feel like I'm not doing or being enough, I try to remind myself of the abundance that already exists in my life. We can reflect on what we have already created and how far we've actually come. Try to tap into the beauty of the love in your life. The beauty of teaching others or sharing your wisdom of things you've learned. The beauty of conversation and connection with others. The beauty of all of this without needing to be more or better than you already are. Because even in the moments we doubt ourselves, we can repeat the mantra, I am enough, I have enough, and I do enough. So take a deep inhale right now and think about that one more time. And repeat after me, I am enough. Take another deep breath in. I have enough. One last deep breath in with me. I do enough. So take time to think about something in your life that you savor a part of your day. And maybe think of places that you could savor things more. Where can you learn to savor? And take that through your week this week. I'll close you with a quote. Savor the moments in life that make your heart glow. Chase after and find the moments that will take your breath away. In the end, it is only those milestones on life's journey that truly matter. I hope you enjoyed your brief little moment of a mantra. And take that with you, truly. Um, think about that this week. Really think and, and cherish that. I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. Because as I go through this path of this fertility journey too, I need to think of that as well and, and to just take the pressure off of it and just savor the moments of us trying first and, and not being stressed out about it um, since we're starting it before we're even actually really wanting to get pregnant. So that's been the idea behind that entire process. If you're liking the content that's happening with this or you have a story to share, you know where to find me in a DM. Please leave me a DM on Instagram. Um, leave me a comment on TikTok or a message on TikTok. I've been trying to grow TikTok supernaturally um, and it's it's going well. I remember when I first was sharing that I was on TikTok, I was like, 135 uh, people have were following me and now we're at but I'm just shy of 900 but I can't go live until I have a thousand so if you're not following me on TikTok yet please go over it's the exact same handle rumor in St. Petersburg after the opening number of the Anastasia film 
um, Universal film. So please take that with you and share, share, share. And that's how this show grows. Keep sharing the content. And if you like this episode, do me that favor. You see it all the time, every week. Take that screenshot and um, tag me in it so I can repost it and keep that going on our stories. So thank you again. Please enjoy all of the ins and outs and ups and downs of the content I'll be sharing about my fertility journey. And thank you always for all of your support. I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the Universal film Anastasia or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.